Ultra. Hello and welcome to Lord of the Rings Minute, the daily podcast where we analyze the movie The Return of the King, one more moment of bravery at a time. I'm Norman Mitchell. I'm Cassandra Fredrickson. And joining us again today and for the last time this week and on this podcast, uh-huh. Travis Bowe from Real Comic Heroes. Hello. Hi. Hello there. Yeah, Glad to so be back. To- yeah. Yeah. And today we're talking about Minute 230. My God, we're almost to the four minute mark. Four, 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 four hour mark. We're almost to the four hour mark. Is that uh, 240? Yeah, four times six. Oh my God. Yeah. <laughs> We're almost there. So minute minute 230 starts with, um, it, it cuts really quickly in the very beginning of the minute from Frodo to Sam and Sam kind of looks at Frodo and then starts to regard everybody else. Uh, and it ends with Sam and Rosie kissing at oh, their wedding. wedding. Yeah. Yeah. Well, concerning Hobbit's place. Mm-hmm. It just feels so warm and perfect. Um, so so now now I'm free to just kind of talk about this scene on its own merits and how much I actually really do like this scene a lot. Now the burden of the now scouring the, the, the scouring the shower out of the way. Uh, we, we talk about this like in, in just totally on its own. Um, yeah. I love this little toast between these four. Um, just like yeah. with the with their moment at the coronation with the my friends you better know one. They all kind of play this just a little differently. They all feel really in character. Mm-hmm. Knowing that this is the last scene the four of them filmed together, like makes this toast oh. and everything just feel mm. just all that much more complete yeah. to me. Yeah. Um, because I do like this little moment. There's just like little things in everybody's performance. The way that Pippin kind of has his glass in front of him because he without his handle facing him, because he just like holds the cup yeah. to drink normally and he turns it around to do the toast. Like little stuff like that is really cool to me. But I like this knowing look that they all share. And then Sam just kind of, all right, let's do it. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I really like the quiet moment before the toast. Um, It kind of goes back to the idea of, you know, talking about you can't go home. And these four have changed so much um, since being here together the, the last whatever the last time was. Um, I think the look on Billy Boyd's face, I think sells it the most for me. Mm. Um, out of the four, it's possible he's grown the most or changed the most because I don't... Oh, yeah, definitely. Like, Frodo was always a quiet and reserved person. Sam, I think, is still, you know, he's still just kind of simple lovable sam you know he's grown as far as like courage we'll see in in this minute mm-hmm. um but yeah i think i think i think pippin may may have experienced the most character growth and i know you guys have talked about that before so yeah um but you just really see it on his face when he's just quiet before the toast um yeah mary still has that kind of look on his face like he knows that this is kind of a moment where everything needs to be serious. And there's just this moment for me in Dominic Monaghan's performance where maybe he's thinking about making a joke, but then he kind of stops. Mm. Yeah. And the Billy Boyd is just, I don't know that this, this, this bit of acting, his facial expression just really does sell it. You're right. 
it makes the he's the last of the four we see in close up. It, we see them in order: Frodo, Sam, Mary, Pippin. Yeah. Um. He's uh, very somber. Hmm. Um, in like kind of like an understated way. Yeah, and unlike unlike Sam and Mary and Frodo, it doesn't really feel like Pippin is looking around the room. He's only regarding the other three hobbits mm-hmm. in the at the table. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, like, compare this scene to the last time they were in the Green Dragon together. Dancing on a table. Right, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Around this same time, like, last year for them, so. Yeah. A year and a month ago. Mm-hmm. Um, part of what uh, what this scene does for me is it, it sells what Frodo's plan is. Um, we know it won't come for four years but he knows he has to leave um and and that goes back to um it, it it's it's a weird tangent but i, I do have a, a point with it but have you guys seen or read the beach no yeah uh, i have not that, seen that the, movie in a long time that's leonardo dicaprio right it is yeah um there's my sister a scene was obsessed with that there. movie after high school okay <laughs> It came out when I was like 17 and 2000 and it, I was obsessed with it too. So, um, but there's a scene in there that perfectly illustrates the concept of out of sight, out of mind for me. It's uh, one of the, there's a two Swedish brothers that are on the Island on the beach with uh, the rest of the community. And there's a shark attack and one of the brothers dies and the other just gets uh, injured but it's it's pretty grave. I mean, he gets bitten by a shark and they're on this island pretty much isolated. So the community decides, you know, we can't bring a doctor here because we're not supposed to bring people, more people to the island. We can't really take him away because people might find out, I guess, where it happened or whatever. So they decide to, you know, they he's in the communal... Uh, how big big huge house that they all live in and he's in agony he's he's screaming you know he's in pain and everyone in the community has is just over it they're sick of hearing him and dealing with him in pain so their solution is to move him down the beach a couple miles and put him in a tent and you know and it truly is and even the character leonardo dicaprio's character says out of sight, out of mind. And once he's away, the rest of them can go about their lives and have fun and party and play beach volleyball and, you know, live. And um, that's what this scene kind of does for me. Like, I see it in Frodo, like, instead of the community saying he needs to leave, Frodo knows he needs to leave because he he still carries the wound from Weathertop. He still is carrying the ring with him. He knows that he can't stay and, and, you know, and, and I mean, these other three, they might continue, you know, move on with their lives. And certainly Sam is going to move on with his life and marry Rosie and have children. But I think he still knows that he needs to leave and become out of sight, you know, so that they can move on and that's uh that, yeah that's what i get from 
this and a little bit of yesterday's minute. So, mm -hmm. but how much of that do you think is like Frodo knowing that, he, like, actually knowing that he needs to leave, and then also like kind of feeling, um, like a like a burden on the other people, like like how much of that is like actually the the I'm having trouble. I think it's all self-imposed. I think it's all in Frodo's mind. Mm. The feeling of being a burden and feeling yeah. like he needs to leave, you know. Right, because ultimately the reason that Frodo needs to leave is a is a physical wound that will never heal. Yeah. That Valinor can do something for him, but you can't come back once you go. Right, right, right. Um, yeah, but I think it's also part, like, I feel like once he's gone, these three will be able to come to the Green Dragon and be happy, and, you know. I, I think the other three stand a better chance of moving on if Frodo isn't there. I think that they're like happy um, in this because like this this scene. Um, I think. I think this scene does a lot in a little bit of space, um, like because yeah. they're mm -hmm. like acknowledging yeah. the 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 things that they've gone through, like the hardships that they've gone through. Yeah, they're acknowledging their like their friendship and their like bond with each other, um, but also like towards the end when Sam gets up um, and they're all kind of laughing with him or, mm -hmm. you know, at him. Oh, <laughs> so I, I love the, I love all three of their different expressions too. Cause yeah. Cause Pippin is just kind of surprised and Mary does the, mm -hmm. Ooh boy, this is going to be something. <laughs> yeah. And Frodo's just kind of yeah. laughing. Yeah. Cause in disbelief. So I think it, it's like, it's, it does all of those things. So I don't think that they're like, I don't think they're unhappy. With, yeah like, but i'm wondering if it's more of like an internal thing with frodo where he's just like you know you because i feel like that's a, a symptom of um depression as well as like feeling like a burden to to other sure. people yeah. just like I mean, we, we talk about that with molly frodo's the only hobbit with anxiety and depression right yeah <laughs> mm, yeah so <laughs> like how much of that is actually the 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 dark magic of the ring and how much of that is just Frodo right. being like, my friends are better off without me. Well, he's, you <laughs> know, he's a, clearly a lie. <laughs> he's half a yeah, zombie. Yeah. Oh. Right. <laughs> Don't bring that yeah, up. So I do think most of it, like I said, I do think most of it is self-imposed. Um, I don't think it's necessarily what's actually going on, but. I, I mean, some of it is, and some of it isn't like the, the, yeah. the ring being destroyed any anything that the ring had touched and had influence on slowly fades away yeah. but not in that influence disappearing but in the things the ring influenced disappears what do you mean like the the things that the ring held influence over die with it in some way like the the elven rings start to lose their magic all the rings of power do right mm -hmm. because the one ring is is gone mm -hmm. being without the ring and then when the ring is destroyed, Bilbo's aging started again when he when he gave yeah. up the ring. Right. But when the ring is destroyed, his aging advances even faster. Okay. He's actually catching up more immediately right. than he was before the destruction of the ring. Yeah. So things the ring had power over, that power isn't just gone. Right. The it death of that power corrupts time. the thing. Yeah. It takes some time to. Which is part of why Frodo needs to leave. Mm. Okay. Sean Aston looks like he's 
aged. I don't know. There's something about like the makeup huh. around his eyes. Like he's got like more wrinkles. I think Pippin does too. Billy yeah. Billy Boyd looks a little older at the end of this. Yeah, yeah. Than he did before. I mean, this was filmed in pickup, so this was filmed in in 2002. Yeah. So like what? Four mm. years after they started. Yeah. Four like three and a half ish years after Principal wrapped. Yeah. Wow. So that makes sense. Um, okay. So Rosie. Rosie Cotton. <laughs> so Sam Sam takes a big drink of his beer. Yes, liquid courage. Um. Yep. <laughs> No talk. Samwise the Brave is back. Yeah. Right. I do like the moment, though, just before when he, they all look at each other, they have their toast, and then he hears someone say Rosie's name and he looks up across the bar mm-hmm. and she looks at him. She yeah. definitely like looks at him and smiles. Oh, yeah. And then yeah. he's like, all right, it's time. Which, I mean, like she does in Fellowship. Yes. Exactly um, the same moment. Just about. Yes. Uh, which I like. It's nice. Okay. So... I know, and I, I just talked about this like two weeks yeah, ago. Yeah, two or three weeks ago, yeah. <laughs> Here we go again. Let Rosie have like <laughs> at least, I don't know, five lines of dialogue, something. Like, oh, right. yeah. Anything. We we don't see Separated any... from her job? Right. <laughs> or her wedding? Or her children? Yeah. Like... Right, yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, anything. It's huh. like, we talked about this before, but like I'm, I'm of the opinion that it, to make this work better and feel less like, well, Sam is a hero; he is rewarded with the girl at the end. Yes. Just <laughs> if if he had mentioned Rosie to anyone else mm-hmm. that isn't a Hobbit somewhere in the movie, yeah, but it's in oh, any yeah. of the movies it doesn't come up at all. It would feel like a more genuine thing than just something that happens. And I feel like if we had even like thirty seconds of. Yeah. of whatever they had going on before he had to leave. Right. Exactly. I would be fine with, like, more more fine with it. <laughs> or even just, like, a little moment of Sam when he's being forced to leave and he's like, what, what am I, I going to tell Rosie? Yeah, like, just yeah, something like that yeah. even right. would be nice. And I, it's just, it's, it, it yeah, like you said, it, it comes off as very much like, I, I have returned home, I have finished my hero's journey, and now I right. have I a get wife. the girl. Yes. <laughs> Give me a woman. Yeah. yeah. Right. <laughs> It'd be hard to find a place to put that because the last, I mean, it's been Frodo, Sam and Gollum for two movies. And before mm-hmm. that, I mean, it, it would have to be in fellowship and that might right. feel too soon to have Sam talking about the girl back home. I don't know. My suggestion was, um, and I, when we talked about this before, uh, just a couple of weeks ago was, Instead of Frodo waking up to hear Aragorn singing about Luthien, it's Sam. Mm-hmm. And he oh, mentions, yeah. like, you know, asking what he's singing about. And then he mentions, you know, he's got a beautiful girl back home that he, he'd he like to have a song so beautiful to sing about or something. Mm-hmm. That would be good. Yeah. Like, that would that would be enough for me to make it feel like the connection between Sam and Rosie is more genuine. Instead of just, like, I have a crush on this girl. Right. Instead of, <laughs> I just have a crush on right. this girl. Yeah. Yeah. And it also connects to Sam's love of elves. And it connects Sam and Aragorn in another way. Right. Like, right. Just, yeah. It, I think that serves more than that moment between Frodo and, and Aragorn did for me anyway. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm honestly like surprised because I, okay. So I know that Lord of the Rings does not have a whole lot of women. There are, there in are to four begin named with. women characters. If you count Rosie, <laughs> right. that have any lines. Um, and one of, one of them's a spider, right? <laughs> <laughs> one of them is a terrible spider monster, but like, yeah. It's it's surprising to me that this because this movie was written by two women, right? I think they felt more mm-hmm. constrained by um, by the adaptation of it. 
yeah. than they otherwise would have if they were writing an original script. Yeah. Well, I mean, because, like, I will die on this hill. Fellowship Arwen is best Arwen. Like. Yes. <laughs> she's she riding that horse with the sword and, you know, she's, like, action elf princess. Like, that's the best. Um, mm. And then, like, they, they tone it back a lot, which, you know, I understand it, like, kind of conflicts with it. Um, Eowyn's whole thing and blah, blah, blah. But, like. Yeah, because yeah. they don't want those characters to feel more alike. Why not? Aragorn has a type, clearly. <laughs> but I mean, that's just just not necessarily good for like character writing to have like two characters that feel really similar, um, unless there's some other narrative would, reason to do so. I think it would be different enough. Yeah, that like, but it's I don't know. Sometimes it just surprises me. Sometimes where I'm just like, these women deserve better. Um, <laughs> yeah, they were written by women and they deserve better. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I understand that's like, you know, pulling from the source material. Right. Like there isn't a whole lot there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So. But I, and this is something that you guys have recently talked about in episodes that I've recently listened to and talking about if there was another adaptation of this, you know, in 20 more years or whatever, you would get a lot more diversity. Some of these hobbits might be women. Some of the, mm -hmm. like, why can't Legolas be a woman, you know, or, or, Right. What, whatever, you know, changes that could be made in future adaptations really intrigues me as mm -hmm. well. Like, you know, get some people of color and get some more roles for women in these movies. And, and mm -hmm. then you got, you know, something that'll be really interesting. That's why I am so, like, intrigued, but also very nervous about the, the Silmarillion thing that, that Amazon's got going on. Amazon, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Like, I want, they've, they've announced what like a handful of of cast members i think yeah i think so yeah. um i haven't but not really been what paying attention they're playing. yeah just we've cast yeah. these people yeah have at your guesses internet right like mm. there's no reason we can't have like black elves right exactly <laughs> right like i i think you could i think making two of the hobbits women instead is is totally legit mm. um i'm going to i'm going to save what two i think uh i would change for when we do our recast thing for credit time mm -hmm. um but Ooh, I, yeah, I think you i think you change two of the hobbits um inside the fellowship itself um i think two of the hobbits feels the most natural to me to change uh but there's no reason that legolas or gimli can't be women instead gimli literally says you can't tell the difference between male and female dwarves. <laughs> it's in the beard yes <laughs> which to yeah, me yeah. that line implies that female dwarves don't have beards no they do they all have beards. no yeah they do yeah right they, women. like i know that they do but the <laughs> The, the way that line has always come off to me is like implying that female dwarves either don't have beards or have smaller beards. I think they have shorter beards, yeah. but I think like to um, like obviously they one hundred percent have beards though. Yes, yeah. they do one hundred percent have beards. It's just the delivery of the line from John Reese Davies implies that maybe they don't. I think I think that like a, a dwarf would know. Like, right, a dwarf knows. Yeah, <laughs> but like I think the whole point of that is like people who aren't uh, familiar with dwarves or a dwarf themselves would not be able to tell the difference. Right, exactly. Which means well, I think they that, all have that works with Yeah. I think that works with the elves too, because yes. there are so many androgynous there was one elf in um I think the first minute we talked about this week that I almost pointed out, but he's one of this person is one of the most androgynous people. I mean move over Tilda Swinton and David Bowie. <laughs> Like it's, it's one of like the first elves you see when Aragorn looks to, uh, oh, yeah, yeah. The one uh, after, right, uh, right next to Elrond. It's on a blonde Elrond's elf. Right. Yeah. They have very full lips and very androgynous, like yeah. cheekbones and 
and facial frame. Yeah. So yeah, like why? I, <laughs> I I love that like dwarves are androgynously masculine and elves are androgynously <laughs> yeah, yeah. feminine. <laughs> right. Yeah. There you go. Right. Yeah. Tilda Swinton is Elrond. Come on. Yes. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> That'd be amazing. <laughs> Or Saruman. I would totally love to watch Saruman? Tilda Swinton play Saruman. Whoa. Yeah. It's just because you like her as Gabriel in that one movie. <laughs> She's really good at being menacing. Yeah. Tilda Swinton can be menacing. She has a lot of presence. Yeah. It's very. Those it's are very two charismatic. things very important to be Saruman. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> you need to be menacing. Yeah, that's my rosy bit. I didn't want to like go over <laughs> just it, a, it all Just a over tiny rosy like... rant. <laughs> <laughs> yeah because it's so it's so sudden like we're in the bar and then they're like getting married <laughs> yep getting married yeah. i like her little flower crown yes yes mm -hmm. this is Very my beautiful. aesthetic she got ribbons in her hair uh -huh. as sam opines on the slopes of mount doom mm -hmm. <laughs> oh yeah she's got ribbons in her hair uh just imagining her dancing i like rosie's rosie's wig is really nice i like these curls it looks her hair looks so much darker in the pub it's probably the light well the lighting is much darker yeah, yeah. she's like super blonde <laughs> yeah sam's ears look really fake in that shot the, the, they're not the same color as the rest of his skin mm. yeah they stick out rosie's kind of do yeah. too they're very red i think yeah Rose... but hers look shadowed by hair yeah yeah i guess yeah, his uh, Sam's ears kind of look a little dead. Like the... yeah, because you <laughs> yeah, can't yes. see where they connect to her skin because of her yeah. hair. Yeah. Um, mm -hmm. Well, she's getting married. Her ears are red. That's cute. Like <laughs> she's like blushing. Right. Yeah. But yeah, no, his ear looks interesting. Yeah, it looks it looks dead. Like it's, it's something wrong. <laughs> it's the influence of the ring. It's so, just that one ear. <laughs> just for that one, yeah. the just the the hour he was carrying the ring. Yeah, yeah. Killed his ear. <laughs> That wound will fully heal. Right. As he grows old, it just turns into a terrible cauliflower ear. Oh my ear. god, no. <laughs> like Gothmog. Just yeah. a tumorous. <laughs> but just the ear. Just the... Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, thank you. I mean, we see what Bilbo looks like next week. Uh, yeah, but he's yeah. aged. But he's like 130 or something. Yeah. <laughs> well, not in the movie. No, not in the movie. In the by the time he leaves in the book, yes, but because yeah. it, it wasn't seventeen years between. No, he's right. uh, he's one hundred and uh, one hundred and fifteen, hundred and sixteen, one hundred fifteen, hundred sixteen. Yeah, hmm. thirteen months to the day returning to the Shire, and then four years since four years since Weathertop. So it's, he's yeah, he's like one fifteen. Yeah, yeah. Weathertop was just like a month or so after Bilbo's party. Yeah, but I yeah, I think that's this week. Yeah, I think it yeah. is too. You like run out of things to say after talking about a movie for two hundred and thirty minutes, right? Especially when we're <laughs> back in the Shire. Episodes, sorry, Especially when we're back that. in the Shire and only dealing with the Four Hobbits. Yeah, so like yeah. All the design right. commentary stuff has been gone through. All the the design <laughs> of the Shire has been gone through. I'm glad we're back in the Shire. Yeah. Me too. And then we're gonna leave it again next week. Yes, we are. Yeah. <laughs> to another pretty place. Yes. All right. Well, thank you for joining us this week, Travis. Yeah. Oh, it's my pleasure. Fun. And thank you. Thank you for doing this and, you know, for letting me be a part of it. Oh, thanks. You're welcome. And uh, we are from the website, duelinggenre.com, mm -hmm. where you can find a whole bunch of other dueling genre podcasts, 
And make sure to check out moviesbyminutes.com where you can find all the other Movies by Minutes podcasts, including Watchmen Minute that mm -hmm. Travis was a part of. Yes. And uh, where can our listeners find you right now? Mm -hmm. um, you can find Real Comic Heroes everywhere by searching Real Comic Heroes, real with two E's. Um, Watchmen Minute is complete and it's available everywhere. Just search Watchmen Minute. We did the all 186 minutes of the director's cut. And then we did uh, episode by episode kind of reviews of the HBO series as well. So those oh, are nice. that project. As far as I know, that project is complete. So and it's just Barring another guys. series or something. <laughs> Correct. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. That's where I can be found. Sweet. Awesome. So, yeah, we'll be back next week to, uh, well, finish talking about Sam's wedding and beyond. Mm -hmm. Bye. Bye.